0: Point. So, are you like a superhero, like the Gold yeah. Devil?
1: <gasps> I'm Daredevil. Oh. This. Oh. I like That's it. Oh, I love it. The chills.
0: Oh. <laughs> I love how they can bring in the music. It's, I mean, which which is better between this and right? We, every time there's a Daredevil crossover or a Defenders universe crossover, they're gonna have the. Da-da-da-da.
1: Yes, like I'm all about it, please. Nostalgia, I love it. Member berries. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Hey, you found a hallway, let's go. Ah! (laughs) Kill them, beat their ass. (laughs) Get them. Burn it down, daredevil. Oh, hope you have health insurance. Oh!
0: I don't want (laughs) to run into this guy in a hallway, ever.
1: Yo, that Batombo, let's go. No mercy. <laughs> I miss this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I need this in my life. A. Hey, like, oh, just wow, wow. walk out and tear it off. Okay. This is so
0: awkward. Oh man, yes. oh man. You know, f off, Cersei and Icarus. This is way better. Oh, who oh, is doing the walking shame? <laughs> is next episode the finale? Come on, let's go. I find yeah. this all very oh, like unsettling, how much was talking to us.
1: This is the big twist, isn't it? Uh-huh. But the question is, is it the kind of twist that's like, ooh, there's another Hulk, but this one's red, or like, <gasps> I'm getting fridged? Red Hulk? Like, oh, oh, she did this! <laughs> she did the snicked! And she holy. even said snicked! <laughs> she did a <laughs>
0: She read that article. She read the "Man Fights with Metal hey, Claws" article, She's and that reader. was her. She's a paralegal. Yeah. Welcome back to New Rockstars. She-Hulk episode eight gives its most impatient fans everything they could have wanted. Daredevil Matt Murdock, including the Netflix theme music, Daredevil back in a hallway, leapfrog, and we got the. Sorry. <laughs> we get the horniest Marvel Disney Plus has gotten yet. Uh, l- some little confirmations that Sokovia Accords were repealed mm. and Wakandan Vibranium is loose. We got a wink to Red Hulk and Wolverine. The intelligentsia humiliating Jen and bringing out her, her angry side, Daredevil, Daredevil and She-Hulk. Hulk. Oh. <laughs> this is Inside Marvel, new rock stars, She-Hulk After Show. I'm Eric Voss with me is mt how you doing mt
1: i'm doing good man it's today's the day today is frogmas for me i've got my boy eugene patilio hashtag free eugene hashtag eugene did nothing wrong absolutely was flawless uh morally neutral even in this episode uh, just so good i love him brandon did an amazing job like brandon stanley he was great fantastic as leapfrog <laughs>
0: Um, now you may be wondering where Jessica Clements is. Unfortunately, she had a, a, a pet-related emergency this morning. Uh, thoughts and prayers with this yes. kitty cat. I hope we love can... you cat. It, it's not—it's not that serious. I don't think it's that serious. But also remember that we can't talk with her for this episode. She's still gonna be doing the breakdown though. That will be coming out yes. tomorrow. And you know that Easter egg breakdown is gonna be lit because so much happened in this episode. Yes. I can't wait to hear her thoughts about all of this. But sure. let's let's react to this episode and all the crazy stuff that happened in it. Uh, the episode begins with Jane Patilio leapfrog. Uh, he comes to Jen wanting to sue Luke Jacobson for his suit catching fire when he tried to like stop these guys from stealing QLEDs or OLEDs, which a uh, fascinating debate, especially with the episode of Game of, or House of the Dragon this week. I think a lot of people are like, hmm, which TV has the better, um, you know, um, a contrast on its screen? Because we, <laughs> we all need some high contrast OLEDs, and HBO assumes all of us have high contrast OLEDs. Apparently, if they release their episodes looking like this, um, but um, we find out that Eugene's father. I assume Vincent Patilio is a mm. major client of GLK&H, uh, which is interesting. This episode doesn't dig that much into the Patilio family history, but I, mm. I just found all that interesting. So Holloway makes Jen take on the case, and this strains her relationship with Luke. He's like, I'm not going to design any more uh, suits for you. But remember, Jen still has that other hang-up bag that she hasn't gotten into yet. And during the trial, Luke's lawyer is Matt Murdock, hey. whom Jen introduces <laughs> with a hilarious line of... Who's this asshole? And I just think it's...
1: She's saying that about a blind lawyer. It's so funny that she would say that. She's like, hey, she's competition, so who's this asshole? I don't give a damn. He's like, I gotta take him down.
0: And uh, as Matt was in Spider-Man No Way Home, he's just one hell of a lawyer. He's dropping legalese left and right, getting Jen's request to reveal Luke's client list denied. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also mentions that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed, which yes. you know s- might have seemed obvious to some because plenty of superheroes have been walking around at phase four, but this is... Huge, huge implications for the MCU and specifically mm. Matt's life in the MCU. Uh, we're gonna talk more on that later. Uh, but Matt gets Eugene to admit that he used freaking jet fuel in his suit, so the judge dismisses <laughs> the case. Now, Jen or Matt buys Jen an apple teeny and he tells her, "Jen Walters can use the law to help people when society fails them, and She Hulk can help people when the law fails them." Uh, this scene is sopping with sexual tension. Oh, I even think. That apple T D, the fact that the cherry floats all the way to the bottom of the green. I mean, that red mixed in with the green there. I, I can't help but read into that. The symbolism. <laughs> the, the symbolism. Like that that's what these uh writers get paid for, the symbolism. Perfect. And we have to assume that, you know, Matt Murdoch is a courteous lover
1: and he took care of business. I would hope so. An, unlike Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is Marvel we're talking about here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> i don't know what you're saying
0: um so so jen gets a text from todd requesting he meet her at a bar and then follows up less than a minute later texting i was assured that glknh was a 24-7 firm can i call holloway to ask if that's inaccurate i was so annoyed i was so annoyed. i hate to admit it i have sent texts like this before (laughs) when i've just been in a mood like um excuse me i was told uh you know yeah Wow. Yeah. (laughs) People don't like me. But like Todd
1: himself, he's just so like creepy of a dude that it's just like, you know that he wants something that's not business related. What a freaking creep.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So she meets him at this bar. He says that he bought a Wakandan spear at auction for one milli. Uh, Mm. A million dollars for a whole Wakandan spear. That's a hell of a deal. Vibranium is supposed to go for like $10,000 per gram of it. Mm. Uh, And that's a lot of grams in that spear. Wait, did I do the math right even? Wait, 10,000? I don't know how many grams that spear is. I just think a million dollars for a whole-fashioned Wakandan spear is is really, really low. Like, I feel like if that oh, were yeah. at the auction that Hawkeye was at, that would have gone for like 10 times that. 100%. But he says the Wakandans are suing for it back. Uh, mm-hmm. And he does the just the cringiest Wakanda forever salute. <laughs> um, I bl-
1: it was so I, uncomfortable I, I, for me and for Joe.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it does like set up some interesting questions for what we're going to see in Black Panther Wakanda forever. That seems like very much a movie that's fought uh, a war that's waged over vibranium and right. how the whole world is trying to plunder those resources. You have two different kingdoms with uh, their natural supplies of vibranium and everyone's trying to get get at them. Uh, so I feel like this is this may be tied in with that. Right. Maybe like Wakanda is like reclaiming any of the vibranium that's out there. Uh, I mean, we know they've always felt this way. Like they've always felt like that's that's one uh good quality that Killmonger left them with, that like trying to reclaim the is the colonized <laughs> items, you know. But uh so Jen pushes Todd away. Mm. Um and Daredevil's trying to catch Eugene on his sports car and i might, I might have missed this do we ever figure out exactly why daredevil is trying to get at eugene has has he already found out at this point that eugene has kidnapped luke and that's why he's trying to get to him
1: yeah i think so because um like Elk was okay. like yo like why didn't you mention that before we fought he was like well you just started punching me man like so i think yeah, he already yeah. Knew. okay
0: but you know this is just a fun thing in the mcu superheroes when they look at each other they just like start alpha in each other immediately like we, <laughs> there's no time to talk we're gonna fight right. this is just like the classic thing it's like it's like wwe it's like people are just gonna naturally start swinging at each other it's what the people want to see <laughs> uh so we get this great fight between them jen uses all of her skills she uses uh, she like punches the the roof of the garage so that it crumbles uh she uses the thunderclap she takes matt down she unmasks him matt introduces himself as daredevil set to john passano's uh iconic music from the netflix (laughs) series and yeah there's a rogers and musical billboard behind them so i guess that show is coming to la and i you know when i I was at d23 they did uh, an la cast performance of uh, i can do this all day and i loved it everyone was great but my boy uh nico de jesus was not playing ant-man in it and it, it broke my heart the guy that got to play ant-man really good dancer but he's no
1: he's no nico de he's jesus no nico, man and like uh, it's not an authentic no production nico. without nico do they not understand that what are they doing
0: hey this is the thing with torco this is why they do torcos you got to give other people a chance to take the role but they're not the original cast and you know nico's on the original cast recording so he's immortal. exactly he's immortal that's he's in the MCU. That's that's what matters. <laughs> um, so Jen and Matt arrive to Eugene's lair, the lily pad, and hey. MT and I were talking about this before we started recording. This is insane. This is like <laughs> I, we started to see shit like this in Hawkeye, where they had this weird toy factory that they w- were hanging out in. This is a straight up like a '90s Batman super villain layer where it's like <laughs> themed they cut in like stand-up boxes of frogger that they're playing like it's it's just wild anything frog related they filled it in there and there's like straight up goons instead of henchmen.
1: it's like what i wish the is goons this? were dressed up like frogs like that would have been even better it's yeah, like, hey, like we're all weird little frogs or at least like tadpoles <laughs> that's what they were talking about right it's like
0: they even reference that like or it could be baby frogs or tadpoles it's the same thing dude um yeah but i don't know if that would make them that would make them henchmen not goons i think at the end of the day because then they wouldn't just be doing it for the paycheck they'd be doing it because they believe in the they want to wear their uniforms but uh true so um yeah luke is in here um uh, eugene is like forcing him to make these this new super gear and um up on the roof jen and matt debate the difference between goons and henchmen uh matt takes down many of these goons and just like ah, the neatest holloway fight yes. i loved this yeah, um man. not everything needs to be a one take that's unbroken but i think the action itself was just pretty great i loved how he used the surfaces to ricochet i loved how he's doing his mid air rolls and flips that's all i need that's all i want from hey, man. Like, and he
1: studios knows what they're doing that's all i needed to see and like they are clearly they clearly have a. Uh... A good reign on daredevil
0: absolutely i think they fully understand what fans love about um charlie cox's take on the character and they have just completely stuck the landing with with the way they brought him into the mcu first in spider-man no way home introducing him as a lawyer Mm. uh first and in this episode just showing how great he is as a lawyer uh and then and then showing his vigilante skills and Mm. his combat skills and like they even bring in the music like they they want this to be the daredevil that we know and love from the netflix shows mm-hmm. uh and uh, there's so many good things to say about they, they could have made so many different choices with the way they brought him in and they just made all the right ones so i'm right. so pleased to see I that love it. um so jen smashes in she uh she beats up a lot of the other guys they're able to rescue luke matt says he's headed back to new york the next day he offers to take Jen out on a date the next time they see each other, but Jen's like, let's get those fries to go, and she takes that <laughs> devil down to Georgia, leaving our man grinning ear to ear as he does the walk of shame the next morning that thinks he will have to confess to Father Lantum when he gets back. <laughs> oh.
1: Forgive me, Father, I clapped those green cheeks. <laughs> Forgive me, <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father Lantum's like, oh, dear me. <laughs> I'm gonna need more details than that, my son. And Matt's just
0: like, no, I don't think I will. I don't- <laughs> just cut to him and Jen pounding to "It's Been a Long, Long Time." Oh my god! Um, <laughs> just that bed smashed to <laughs> smashed to splinters um so at this point the episode gets really interesting jen addresses Mm. the audience uh she's assuming the episode should be over and i looked at the time at that point it's like 24 minutes this is normally when we cut to credits and i just love the awareness there uh but she realizes it's the penultimate episode so it's time for a tacked on cliffhanger twist jen wonders if it'll be red hulk Mm. or if she'll get fridged and (laughs) i don't know about you, MT, but i felt like uh, i know jen has broken the fourth wall several times on this series this moment felt supremely unsettling to me yeah like just like her confusion about a reality right now she wasn't this is the first time she's broken the fourth wall without just mild concern or judgment or just laughing right. something off she's like what is happening right now i felt like wandavision uh, right. like, where you know wanda was like i don't understand if i'm in a tv show like i felt like it's the ring and the character's gonna pop out of the screen and slap me yeah Um, and like
1: it's it's the it's that loss of control feeling because like you know in wandavision and we knew that wanda was in control and then like she lost control and then here she uh we she looks like this is my show and like she's always been in control but Mm -hmm. like she's like and she's literally like i i don't know why you guys are still here like you guys usually go when i need you to go so like this is i feel like God is watching us, like the watchers watching us at this really pivotal moment in my life. Like what's going to happen? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think this was such a good like tonal adjustment in, in at the end of the episode because the episode had been so much fun and just a good vibes like classic MCU, two superheroes coming together, funny trading quips. Fighting a little bit, then working together, uh, having some great collaboration, and then hooking up. Like, it had that great chemistry that uh, that's always been the best part of the MCU. So we needed an adjustment there to, like, you know, make us worry suddenly. And I think Jen did a good job saying, like, something bad's about to happen. Right. Um, and this was, like, really uncomfortable uh, I don't know just living in the living room with her for a moment it felt like the the, the bag moment where like Andrew Scott turns around and and it freaks us out like right. sometimes it's breaking the fourth wall can just like really get under your skin but you're totally right empty it, it's the loss of control is what it's all about and it's it's really good that they did that because that's what this finale scene is all about we see Jen oh by the way yeah Nikki totally impersonates Wolverine there she, <laughs> she does the snake sound which I just love <laughs> like Uh, so
1: fun i I, i'm wondering how prevalent wolverine is in this universe like what has he done like it seems like people know that he's out there and like people are aware that he exists to some degree yeah
0: it's it's hard to know how how self-aware nikki is in on this show i think a lot of the easter eggs in the show are just being plugged in just as like nods to the fans as opposed right. to in universe interconnectivity like this kind of like indiana jones easter egg showing up in star wars i don't think they're right. meant to tell us that like indiana jones existed in somewhere <laughs> in star wars i think it's just kind of like a, a nod to the fans at that point right. but i don't know nikki's also uh breaking the fourth wall to look at the camera with her eye rolls so i don't know what, what she's true. all about there's all <laughs> kinds of fun conspiracy theories about nikki um so, on to this gala, we found out that Jen receives an award, but so does, like, several other female lawyers here at Mallory Book. Um, And, like, this ridiculous, this totally ridiculous ceremony where, like, they have this guy saying, how does it feel to be a female lawyer? Mm-hmm. I mean, if this were really, I, I think the organization is real. I don't know if the whole event is a sham because the event just feels kind of like,
1: the hell is this event? Yeah, like it, it's... It felt like a pageant, man. It just felt like, hey, like, here's a bunch of ladies that are lawyers and, like, you know, we're just going to give them all awards because I I feel like, you know, whoever was in charge didn't really care about the event. It's just like, hey, let's just put, let's recognize all these ladies rather than, you know, picking one that, like, it was exemplary. They're just like, hey, whatever. Ladies are smart. Let's just do this event. And, like, it just shows yeah. that, like, you know, they they didn't really put much care, in my opinion.
0: For sure. For sure. I think it is a commentary on how a lot of these events are like, oh we've never done one of these before. Or every yeah. past year, it, we've nominated a man for this. So we need to do one for the women and then, like, right. celebrate all the women who we overlooked in previous years. And then that feels kind of like an insult as well. I get that. It just feels like that the fact that they would have that guy on stage asking that question, you would think, like, even if the event were set up to, like awkwardly celebrate them they wouldn't have that like mario lopez dude on stage who's like making them you know asking them a stupid question but i i don't know we can look into the conspiracy of that because like how long it takes uh nikki to get them to turn off that video you would think anybody in the control booth would be like oh uh, just turn this off yeah He's, it's a switch yeah. but like there's some guy in the booth who's like no, let it <laughs> play. He locks the door. Let <laughs> them watch all of Gen team. Uh, MT and I were also laughing about before this is like this video. It's like, it's almost like insane. The intelligentsia doing this anonymous style, but there's like two of them. One's awkwardly taller than the other. Uh, and they just, they play before. Now, before they get to the revenge porn, which is disgusting and awful and horrifying that they do that, it's really like they're grasping at straws to, like, show... They just show, like, her photos on the phone, her her dating profile matchups, and then, like, her cable bill, her bank statement, and there's nothing damning in any of this stuff. Like, if I were at that event, I'd be like, leave this woman alone. Seriously, like, like, this is
1: just the phone of a regular lady. Like, why did you guys do this? There's
0: nothing nothing controversial here i just think what's awful is the revenge porn because it's not like it's not like she hulk has ever like she has a public dating profile like it would have gotten out there already that she is someone who is sexually active and is and is like not trying to like uh be this puritanical figure she has this public figure already of being someone who hooks up with people so just to have like Uh, this it just you just feel bad for her i don't Mm. i don't think anyone in that room would look at that and be like oh this this slut except for the shitty intelligentsia dudes i think everyone would be like okay we don't have to look at this right now if this if this were a real event honoring female lawyers i don't think anyone at that in that room other than like todd who's obviously part of the intelligentsia right maybe holloway Mm. um i just found this really weird but obviously what it's about is it's not really about trying to uh (laughs) Tarnish Jen's reputation. It's just trying to piss her off. They're trolls. Mm. They're just trying to get her to snap in that moment. And I think that's the the broader takeaway here is that when right. people, when trolls are at their worst, they're not making any valid points. They're just trying to say and do the things that are just gonna get you to snap. And that's what they feed on is is
1: your response to it. Yeah. And your and your your meltdown and that's what happens they're successful no, i think that that's a really great point especially considering that we're dealing with the intelligentsia and like they want we know that they want jen's blood but like these guys are scientists and like they they're dealing mm-hmm. with the hulk so just like hey how mad can we get this woman to like maybe lose control to see like if she's actually in the had the range to this uh her Hulk personality Cause And we see her, like, lose control a little bit, but and, like, I think that may be a hint towards things to come in the future for her character. Um, but, like, like, like we were talking about before, I don't, like, any normal person, if they saw, like, this woman's phone get, like, posted on a, you know, at an event, everyone would be like, yeah, we understand why you destroyed the screen. That's, you know, pretty normal response. I would probably respond yeah. the same way if I had your power. So, like, I don't know why people are freaked out. It's like, she's not hurting anyone. She just punched a TV um right tvs i guess
0: yeah i um i and i don't know why the like i don't know why it's only nikki trying to get the video taken down i think every woman on that stage would be like everyone like they'd be trying to cover the screen with their hands so they'd be like all right everyone turn away like Mm -hmm. i understand not all women are allies to each other and that's like something that that happens there could be competition it was just like a weird moment it's weird Mm -hmm. how it it like you would think that there would be something very specific that would be embarrassing maybe that's something specific because we're hooking up with josh i get why jen would be pissed off i'm not saying mm. i that they did a really good job building that up i would just say like if there would be something really like professionally embarrassing i guess for a lawyer i don't know lawyers have different standards right like True. uh that is something they have like their morality clauses and get judged against that i guess if you're a lawyer there's like certain I'm overthinking it. I just, like, found... I always find it interesting how effective the Illumin... I almost said Illuminate. How effective the intelligentsia is mm. when how clearly hapless they are at the same time. Like, I kind of... We often blur the lines when in the real world when we assume conspiracy from organizations and government entities when we really should just assume incompetence from them. Uh, but in this case, it's like... It's hard to imagine a group... Are, are we meant to be afraid of them? Like legitimately afraid of them in this universe, or we meant to see them as like a parody of something and kind of like, think they're pathetic. Because like, there are different moments where like, they're super effective at fooling Mm -hmm. Jen, and they have like scary, scary needles. Um, But the other at the same time, they are also just look like internet trolls. So we don't really know yet. Um, I assume that will get revealed next episode. I mean, maybe they're both. I assume that there's like a division of like super smart, super effective scientists who are using this network of like trolls to like help,
1: to help uh, accomplish their goals. True. And like, you know, nerds can be kind of incel-y sometimes. So like maybe just like the the intelligentsia is just like, you know, also just incels. Like uh, they just have incels on a team. They're just like, hey, let's just take down... Um, Jen because we don't like her so it could be both I don't know
0: Uh, absolutely I uh, and I think like one thing that I hope comes out of this show is like we do need to very specifically define what an incel is uh, Mm. because I think right now it's being used as like a blanket term to describe lots of problematic Uh, toxic male behaviors that like uh, toxic masculinity is a widespread broad problem in society with lots of different facets and permutations and not all of them are specifically incels Mm. incels is like a specifically scary one but i think like when you just kind of like paint them all as incels you're really missing the scarier problem when it comes to toxic toxic male masculinity is like something that can infect even the whitest of white knights who are the most loyal uh, male feminist allies can have a bit of toxic toxic masculinity they could have healthy sex lives because in some means involuntarily celibate it means they have this lifestyle where they don't want to have sex with women don't want to have sex with women because they think that the system is rigged against them Uh, so they're being forced into this lifestyle like it's Mm it's a very specific thing and i think people should do uh, it's scary there's a scary amount of research that's ahead of all of us but we should all do it just so we know what we're actually dealing with here um anyway i love how jen punches her own screen self in the booty hole to to (laughs) destroy the screen she's like
1: "Eh, and now that's exactly where she has to punch it's like silence booty hole (laughs) um
0: and uh yeah, so the whole screen comes down, everyone's scared, she turns into a true, like classic Hulk that everyone's afraid of. The soldiers show up, they're ready to hit her with those uh, sonic cannon guns and restrain her, and just this like this sad, sad final shot where she is like got the rubble in her hair, she looks at the camera and she's like helpless in that moment. She's like mm-hmm. looking at the audience, being like, Help, like what do I do here? Uh and I think such a great way to end the episode. And what Oh, what a great episode overall like I think this is this is exactly what we want from She-Hulk in uh, sure. this episode of course I think nailed Daredevil's introduction to the MCU after we saw Matt Murdock in No Way Home this is really Daredevil uh, we got the the flips the beats sta- the beat downs everything that we love about the character from the Netflix series uh, they engage in the horny hookups. Uh, That we see a lot more of in Marvel Comics, but perhaps more importantly now, Matt, as just an all-star lawyer, he establishes a new legal precedent in the MCU when it comes to the Sokovia Courts. And I think this is what uh, the MCU has always done really well. I think for a lot of the MCU origin stories, they've been uh, a bit boring at times. Some of them have been amazing and great, but what makes the MCU really fun is when those characters leave their origin stories and join other characters in team ups, mm-hmm. uh, either in the final acts of their movies or in the the next movie. Uh, like I think Thor did not become fun until uh, the 2012 Avengers film. Most of those Avengers did not become fun until that 2012 Avengers film. There, it's always uh, they're always compounding each other's powers. They always uh, are built more on their chemistry with other characters and that promise that any of them can show up and help each other or fight each other at any point. That's really the the dazzle of the Marvel world uh, compared to I would. this is just my analysis of it. I'm not saying this is true uh, 100 percent of the time, but I think I'm more likely to watch a DC superhero alone going through their own private battle, whereas Mm -hmm. I want to see the Marvel characters in a sandbox and at a party, um, you know. It's always weird to me when uh, DC superheroes do too much team up because I I know things like Justice League exist. I know a lot of them team up all the time. I just I, I find it more fun when they're in their own weird, dark little cave. or whatever. Right. So but yeah, the Sokovia Accords, uh, a big game changer. And it's a very big deal for Daredevil in particular. So that's what we're going to talk sure. about here. But MT, why don't you hit us with
1: that merch plug? Yeah, guys, be sure to head on over to NewRockstarsMerch.com today to grab our latest obsession shirt, Lady Justice, inspired by She-Hulk attorney at law the shirt is limited edition and when you purchase it you unlock the ability to get a custom shout out that will appear right here on inside marvel so support the channel and check out all of our awesome merch options over at new today yes yes
0: yes uh now mt let's dive deeper into this discussion what yeah, what man. was
1: i think the biggest question coming out of this episode yeah i think the biggest question is uh why is the sokovia Accords being repealed such a big deal for daredevil yeah, so ever since Avengers Endgame, the Sokovia Accords have
0: come up time to time in interviews with Marvel execs and directors and showrunners. Everyone's asking if the legislation from Captain America Civil War is still affecting the MCU Phase 4. Since the Avengers successfully reversed the snap and defeated Thanos, would the planet really still care about reining them in with this superhero registration? In Phase 4, though, if you think about it, the government has really been restrictive of superhero activities. In WandaVision, Sword set up that perimeter around Wanda. They used White Vision to try to kill her. And the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, government uh, forces confiscated Cap's shield from John Walker. In Spider-Man No Way Home, the DODC tried to prosecute Peter Parker and his friends and family and confiscated Stark Industries tech. In Ms. Marvel, the DODC cracked down on enhanced individuals. And in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the UN is coming down on Wakanda to share their vibranium. But now Matt Murdock confirms that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed in the MCU. And that is a huge win for superheroes everywhere, especially ones who prefer anonymity and some autonomy, and we know our man Matt Murdoch prefers being a superhero in that vein. Actually, one has to imagine that Matt Murdoch himself might have played a role in getting these accords appealed mm. uh, or repealed. He probably appealed and got them repealed because he could have been filing some legal memos on Nelson and Murdoch letterhead. Imagine there's probably lots of lawyers from around the world who are sending in briefs and memos. Uh, I don't know what government agency you'd have to appeal to, probably the UN, uh, but I, I feel like he might have filed some anonymous brief. Uh, there could have been a lot of more high-profile public figures who got them repealed, but we didn't see this movement. It may have just been a decision made by the UN in the aftermath of the blips. Like, oh,
1: you know, we don't need to enforce this anymore. Right. I think it would just be a highly unpopular decision politically after, like, the Avengers saved the the universe for, like, to be like, all right, now we're going to crack down on you guys. It's like, it just wouldn't be a good move um, for them.
0: Right, absolutely. Like, uh, it'd be one thing if, like, government agencies didn't enforce it. That's, mm. that's often what happens when there's an unpopular law. They just stop enforcing it right. and then eventually. But for it to be fully repealed, it would mean that there would have to be some government forces who are still enforcing it. And then a widespread social and political movement to fully and legally repeal it. Mm. Uh, and in order to do that, that's hard. You got to get a lot of people lined up and you got to make sure that like there's significant political pressure on them. And my thinking is there might have been some superhero who was unjustly prosecuted. Now mm-hmm. you could say that happened to Spider-Man, but no one really remembers that right after the memory Wipe, So it makes us wonder like what superhero right now in the world, would it be like Sam Wilson, Captain America, maybe did he get into mm-hmm. some trouble? Did someone else did Bucky Barnes? Uh, Cause Bucky Barnes is still bound by the Sokovia Accords. Did like the world come and rally around him? Did Wakanda speak out on behalf on Bucky Barnes? Because mm-hmm. like, obviously they have this uh, loyalty to him. Uh, and I think that's a theory I'm going to go with. I'm going to say like, Ramonda went in front of the UN because we know she's uh, getting in all kinds of fights with the UN and says, uh, this white wolf saved all your lives. He, <laughs> he shot at least three of Thanos' troopers. I saw it. I counted all the kills in the Battle of Endgame, And he, he, he got a couple of them. So you need to show some gratitude and repeal these stupid accords. Now, Matt, uh, for Matt, this legally resets the MCU into the murkier, but in some ways better place it was before Civil War. Think about the timeline here. When was right before the Battle of Sokovia? April 2015. Mm. When did Daredevil premiere on Netflix? April 10th, 2015. Three weeks before Age of Ultron released. Mm. Now I know, these release dates aren't that important to the MCU when it comes to in-universe continuity, but I think this is a signal for the kind of tone and creative thinking Marvel Studios is operating, uh, operating under when it comes to bringing Daredevil into the MCU. They don't want daredevil fighting the same cosmic wars as we saw the Avengers fight in infinity war and endgame right now uh when they were you know they were forced to be these weird global celebrities and global fugitives no i right. just think for now they want matt murdoch to be the guy in new york who you know who he was when he was there around the same time the avengers were in 2015. Mm-hmm. this matt murdoch in this episode of she-hulk is fully established he's already practicing with nelson and murdoch he t- he's taking on pro bono cases he's struggling to pay the bills He's already the Daredevil vigilante with his uh, iconography and name decided. Now, his suit is different uh, because he's getting special suits from Luke Jacobson. But Mm. he knows his name is Daredevil. This is not like pre-season one Daredevil on Netflix. Uh, He has his batons. He's got a lot of gear. The thing is, it's just not exactly clear how it's going to connect because Charlie Cox has made it clear in interviews that Daredevil Born Again will not be a fourth season of the Netflix series. Mm. It's not going to pick up right where season three left off however i think now by sampling the netflix music marvel studios doesn't want to erase this character's history no far from it i expect daredevil's future appearances in the mcu and daredevil born again will just avoid spending too much time referencing matt's past in that series like his specific battles with fisk and bullseye in the hand his experiences with electra and frank castle and anything he did with the defenders not to say matt didn't go through those things i just think they're gonna skirt over it and say things like matt and fisk had a history and leave it at that and then new things will happen to them in the mcu that better defines their conflicts more presently going forward now matt's declaration that the sokovia Accords have been repealed is the mcu's way of signaling that daredevil has been operating anonymously all this time and can continue to do so without legal retribution mm-hmm. but it also sets the stage for the debate over superhero registration to come back in this new era of the mcu that has mutants and other enhanced individuals in it and we might be able to have a proper civil war Because I think one thing that was missing from the Captain America Civil War movie is the true debate over superhero registration. We got it in the first act and then Mm. just kind of got away from that and became more of a personal fight between uh, Cap and Bucky and and Tony. Um, But I think what we really need is like a widespread debate over superhero registration now that we have people who are not clearly Avengers per se, but just like other people who have powers in the MCU. And I think Daredevil as a you know, truly anonymous superhero, one of the few ones left who still covers his face, I think he's going to have a lot to say on that and to have, like, a real lawyer, potentially lawyers on opposite sides of that Civil War. Just imagine, like, a legal battle between She-Hulk and Matt Murdock uh, where She-Hulk, as a public superhero, is like, no, I think superheroes should have to register and Matt Murdock is having the other argument. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's time that we, we have, like, a true Civil War series, MT? I,
1: I honestly feel like this is... One of the main points of She Hulk' existence in in the MCU, because like we've we've been introduced to so many heroes in this show, like the MCU feels completely different before she the after She Hulk than it did before, because we know that like all these crazy people, like Man Bull and and Agula, and all these like you know just villains and and good guys are out here just just populating the MCU, and I think that that's purposely done so that we can get to a civil war two scenario because mm. um, it, it happened in the comics. And like, I feel like Kevin Feige really does want to just have a, a, just a really like a proper civil war. Like you said, like, it's just like straight up, like we have all the characters now, like we're just putting all these super, like we want the, a huge massive war happening um in America um for people fighting for their rights to privacy. And I think that, you know, this is the path that we're heading on. So I wouldn't be surprised To see a uh, Civil War II announcement in our near future. Because it'd be really fun.
0: Yeah. And one thing we were talking about before. Is this uh, possibility that you could format it in a different way. You have like maybe a six episode series on Disney+. Plus. You have different tie-ins. You have each episode is kind of an anthology. Focusing on a different character's reaction to this legal dispute. Um, You can have like spin-off series. The way that you did in the comics. And then it all culminates in a movie. Like a theatrical release film. So like yeah. make it a huge event that spans multiple titles and multiple properties and multiple formats and make it truly uh like drag everyone into it. And I think you can't just do civil war in one movie. I think you can you don't even have to call it civil war, you can call it anything else. But like I think there is so much more storytelling there. And I don't think the Sokovia Accords were the proper legal basis. On which to have that argument in Captain America: Civil War, because there's so much more to talk about there than what they didn't yeah, have.
1: I honestly feel like um, now that we know that the leader is going to be a major force in Cap Four, I think that like everything that has happened to She Hulk and potentially Bruce in the series have been calculated by the leader specifically to usher in the Sokovia Accords back into the MCU. Because now that we know that they're repealed, mm. I think that there are forces like you know Hydra. Um, that want that control, that want that like actual like database of everyone that is wearing a mask, so that they can control them and um and sort of like find them. I think that this is this could be a like like Hydra or some type of organization working with the leader to try to you know get these accords by using She Hulk and like her freaking out and at that uh, event. It's just like hey, it's more juice to be like we need these people under control because these people have superpowers. And like they they don't have a, like, a, like a full control of their powers sometimes. We saw them miss Marvel, sort of like with the DODC going after this girl uh, with with powers and like sort of trying to paint her as this um threat to society. I I think that um getting society scared of superhumans is what Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios are sort of like leaning towards. Cause then that, that's when it's then it's gonna mush a musher. Um, then it's gonna usher in um mutant xenophobia and like all that, you know, just mutant phobia in general. And uh then, then we'll see the the introduction of the Sentinel program and all that stuff. Um so yeah, yeah, baby. So I just feel like this is a really exciting time.
0: Yeah, I love I love how you're thinking right now, MT. And I wonder if like they, would they call it the Sokovia Accords? Probably not, right? I think like other big things have happened in the mm. universe since the Battle of Sokovia, but I wonder if they could call it the Wakanda Accords now. Ooh. Like the for what's gonna happen to Wakanda and Black Panther Wakanda forever, how it gets flooded maybe that fight's going to spill over and, and affect other countries maybe they use wakanda as kind of this like basis like oh look what happened to wakanda when mm-hmm. uh, superheroes tried to live in the shadows and they tried to fight their wars privately look at all these innocent people who died and the un may try to use that as a predicate to announce new superhero registrations in phase five um mm-hmm. and the wakandans are like um please don't use our name this way we didn't <laughs> ask you to do this I don't know we'll see i just or they don't have to name it after a country either there's plenty of other like in the, in the civil war comics it has nothing to do with a specific country getting destroyed there's like an incident where like a school gets blown up and it's one of many incidents Yo, they,
1: they could do the westview accords because like that whole thing oh sure <laughs> yeah there you go
0: yeah i think westview oh yeah mt you get a rogie hey. that. that's great you get a rogie but um <laughs> <laughs> all right uh there's a lot more to talk about this episode so yes. we want to get to it we want to thank blue chew for sponsoring this episode while nobody wants to be a werewolf by night some of us want to be a love wolf by night and that's right this episode's also brought to you by blue chew confidence can take you far in life it can also help in the bedroom and that's where blue chew comes in blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost you can take them anytime day or night so you can plan ahead just be ready for whenever an opportunity arises the process is simple you sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days it's all done online no visits to the doctor's office no awkward conversations no waiting in line at the pharmacy blue Chew's tablets are made in the usa and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can do it and make your partner howl at the moon find your inner daredevil and find yourself a she-hulk and get blue chew in the conversation and we got a special deal for our audience try blue chew free when you use our promo code marvel at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluechew.com. promo code marvel to receive your first month free visit blue for more details and important safety information we thank blue chew for sponsoring this show all right let's talk about the intelligentsia uh, coming out of this episode what do you think their end game is mt do you think todd might have melted down that vibranium
1: spear for the needle or was he just bragging to jen right now could todd be a red herring It'd be really fun if Todd was a red herring. I think that'd be really funny. Um, but, like, I think one of those guys that She-Hulk picked up is straight up Todd. I think the guy, the guy she picked up at the end was Todd in a mask because it just sort of fit his, like, you know, his body profile. And I think the intelligentsia's endgame here is, A, to, you know, to to get She-Hulk's blood to potentially make another more Hulk and more, like, super-powered beings. Um, for, for what purpose? It could be either to just to create more chaos in the world or just, you know, just have the Hulk super soldier serum perfected so that they can just have their own army of, um, of mm-hmm. Hulk people. Um, but like, I also just truly believe that, you know, the intelligentsia is working in tandem with the leader to try to manipulate society. And like the leader is, is thinking a, a million steps ahead at all times. And we should all, all be wary of ab- about the leader. Now that he's in play, everything that happens in the MCU could be, could be purposely calculated by this man. This man is, God levels of, of smart. Like, he can see the future. He's super OP. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, we could be seeing the intelligentsia manipulating She-Hulk um, to just sort of get these Sokovia Accords back in play and to sort of have government entities that can be influenced by secret shady organizations like Hydra or the intelligentsia, just to have power and to have, like, that control over the superhero community. Um, because, like, if I'm a villain and I have all, like, a, a database of all these um, superheroes, I'm going to abuse that, much like um, Norman Osborn did in the Dark Reign um, comics. Like, when, when, mm-hmm. once Norman Osborn was in charge, the first thing that this dude did was try to access the Sokovia Accords to find out who Spider-Man was, and uh, Tony just deleted it all, which was super smart of Tony. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's easy power to abuse, and I think that um, people want that power again. Um, because the Sokovia Accords were a huge, huge power grab in terms of um, you know getting all these superheroes in line. Um, but what do you think?
0: No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mt. Now it it seems like the season is shaping up in a way that Todd is part represents the the internet troll faction of the right. intelligentsia. But you have like two factions of it. You have like the more outward facing uh, internet trolls who operate whatever this website is, and Todd represents that. I think he's just like a rich jerk. I think he does own the Vibranium spear, but I think there is another darker faction represented by the leader uh, and represented by other figures in the intelligentsia, maybe figures like Dr. Doom, and they are on a mission to uh, get as many Vibranium weapons as they can. Uh, So I think that's what's going to get introduced next episode. I don't think Todd is going to be the ultimate villain. I think he is meant to be kind of like a red herring, like... Uh, but I don't have enough attention type character. <laughs> yeah. uh, whereas he represents a more nefarious entity that is very real and very scary. And that mm. represents the more effective. Maybe they even say like, we use we use all of these uh, toxic men in their postings uh, as like a front so people don't take us seriously or people don't think we're, maybe they they think we're just this. We're just like a, a 4chan, a parlor, or the darkest version of these things. Mm. Um, but in reality, they're like, Oh, we're way worse. And we use that as a smokescreen. So they think that's all we are, but we're actually straight up trying to steal your blood. And we're <laughs> well-funded, well-trained scientists funded by Victor Von Doom or whoever else. I think we're going to learn a lot more about these guys at the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I think this is all part of the same conspiracy, the same operation to just right. plunder the world's vibranium to to have like other weapons and other advanced weaponry to control superheroes. Uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense that they're trying to reenact some form of the superhero registration to like force superheroes to to register so that they're more controllable by government agencies. Now we got this nod from Jen when she's talking to the audience is going to be another Hulk that's red. So do we think that this is, this means that we're not going to see Red Hulk on this show?
1: I think that you know due to the passing of William Hurt, I think that they'll, they'll sort of like delay Red Hulk maybe like maybe for the Thunderbolts. Um, just wait for that and like sort of like figure out how to do that there. But I honestly believe that um, we're going to see Madman. Like I've, I've been preaching Madman for weeks now, and Madman is another red Hulk being in the Marvel comics who is the leader's brother. And now that the, the leader is um, back in play, I think that we're going to see Madman um, face off against Hulk, and like Todd will be um, the MCU's take on Madman potentially, or maybe like, you know, Todd is working on behalf of Madman. Um, but I, I honestly believe that we're going to see that once I heard Red Hulk, I was like, oh, shoot, is this like a tease for Batman? I'm so excited. Um, but I, I don't think that we're going to see like proper like Red Hulk, um, Thaddeus Ross in this season. Yeah, um, but unless um, William Hurt shot things, I don't know um, how the passing wow. um, works. Yeah, but I don't like, think so. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he had cancer for a while.
0: But you know, what's interesting is, uh, I, it's it's weird that she said it at all because it's. I don't know how to read it. Is mm-hmm. are we going to get a moment next episode where we do see a Hulk figure who is red, and she's going to be like oh, it's that one, and like she calls back that line. Or if it's just like they included it here just to say, like we're aware that this theory exists, but we're not going in that direction. My thinking is based off of what the Marvel Disney Plus shows have done in the past, that it's going to be the latter. They're going to go in a different direction. Um, I like that they brought up fridging. Uh, Be sure to do your own research and look up what fridging is because it's a a very, very annoying trope when they do this and they keep doing it. Uh, I don't think She-Hulk will do it, obviously. They seem pretty aware of that. Uh, but it's basically where they just, like, completely kill off a character by, like, just stuffing them in a fridge somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, it happens to, it's first or when it happens to women in the shows.
1: So. This is the MCU's second uh, DC Comics reference um, after Eternals. Yeah. Because, like, you know, fridging is a DC Comics... Came from, uh, yeah. you know, Green Lantern.
0: We obviously have a lot of questions about uh, Jen's future appearing in Daredevil Born again. That seems pretty far off. I think they're going to start shooting it next year, but I, I think it's very likely that she could uh, team up with him. Uh, but are there any other final predictions you want to make for next week? This is the longest Marvel Disney Plus show we've had. Um, I guess, no, WandaVision had nine episodes. It right. does feel like we're back in WandaVision, right? Anyway, this it's just nice to live in a world for a while, and that's what it feels like we've been doing on She-Hulk. Any final predictions? Any big swings you want to take?
1: I think that, you know, well, A, we're going to get to see the leader um, at the very, very, very end of the finale. Just like, hey, hey, I'm here. I'll see you in a Cap 4 type of scenario. Um, So I think that we'll see that appearance. And I think that we will see Jen fight a Hulk um, in the finale. Mm. And I think that Hulk is going to be Madman um, because it just just ties in the theme of, like, family because, like, you know, uh, Jen is Bruce's cousin and and Madman is um, the leader's brother. And so it's just sort of just like, hey, you're, these two nemesis' family members are fighting. Yeah, I just think that we're going to see um, Jen just face off against the intelligentsia, learn that Hulk King is Todd and then like Todd use jen's blood to hulk out because he's so obsessed with being a hulk but yeah what what do you think
0: i'm not confident that todd will actually hulk out on this show Mm. um i do think we'll see we'll definitely see abomination hulking out uh, As we know from trailer footage I, i have a lot of questions about abomination's therapy group and whether they were actually truly nice guys i'm a little worried because i think it's really gonna hurt episode seven looking back on it if like if some of those guys were lying to Jen or manipulating or exploiting Jen in some way. Right. Uh, because I think we needed that to be a genuine, wholesome conversation in order for the, the thematic journey of this series to make sense. Right. Uh, But um, I think we will see a Hulk rumble in some way. Right. Uh, I think Bruce is going to come back. Um, I think Bruce is coming back in this episode. Uh, I think Abomination and Bruce are going to have a conversation. Um, I think they'll all be part of some kind of rumble. I don't know if it'll be Todd that Hulk's out. I hope that we have some other kind of Hulk monster. I just think it's at some point we would have seen more to mm. set that up. It's going to feel like whoa, this completely came out of nowhere. I think, uh, I think a lot of people after next week are going to be like, okay, uh, they stuck the landing, but episode eight was the better episode. I think we're going to look back at as episode eight is the high watermark of this uh, of this season, and hey, that's not a bad thing because this was an incredible episode of television
1: yes. overall. And we got we got the introduction of leapfrog, and I think that this is very much the beginnings for for leapfrog's journey into the mcu oh i hope so because like i hope so we, I think, we
0: have a lot of questions his dad is like yeah. super rich like i
1: have a lot of questions about
0: glk and h and what their like what their morality ties are what their ethical considerations are because they have a lot of problematic clients right and i think this series will end with jen leaving glk and h i think she's going to start her own law firm mm. i think that's going to be like uh jen walters attorney at law is gonna be that kind right. of thing uh or i don't know maybe the title will just be she hulk attorney at law it'll be her own law firm the way that like some of these other shows just end with the name of the character you know right i think it's gonna be that i would just be surprised if like another major mcu villain appears on this show in mm-hmm. the most credits i think we may get a hint at some other conspiracy like i think we may get confirmation that the intelligentsia is con- there's another faction of it, but we won't mm. see Tim Blake Nelson necessarily. Mm. Be awesome if we did. I would just, I would just be surprised right. if, if we do.
1: Oh, also one thing. Now that we have Leapfrog here, I honestly really want Marvel Studios to make put Leapfrog with the uh, the guys from Abominations Group to make a Misfits TV show because all of them <laughs> would be perfect. Like Leapfrog, Porcupine, all of like Aguilar, you know, It would just be just so funny. just cuz like I feel like they would all work very well together.
0: I'll leave you with like my big swing pitch and you know, I'm kind of adjusting it from what my big swing pitch was with you and Jess where I said that like portals would open and then we'd have a hulk version of like zombie Tony Stark, a hulk version of um the mocap face of William Hurt, the mocap version of uh, Chadwick <laughs> Boseman's face, and the mocap version of um of Queen Elizabeth II's face. Um I don't think all those Hulks are going to fight together. I think after watching this episode, instead what's going to happen is they're going to come out of portals and just immediately start f***ing each other. They're just going to get a (laughs) big orgy pile.
1: uh,
0: And they're going to distort all those um, beloved people's faces into making orgasm faces. um, And they're going to add a last one. And it's going to be that try guy who got canceled. And he's just going to be at the top of the pile just trying to get in there. Oh, no. (laughs) Did I go too far? (laughs) Hey, Did the, the I go to the try far. guys
1: mentioned was uh, timely? Very timely reference. <laughs> I had to work it in. We'll leave it there for this
0: episode of Inside Marvel. Jess, we missed you so much. Yes. Please join us for the finale.
1: I hope your kitty yes. cat got,
0: got cleaned up. I hope she's okay. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow me at EA Voss. Again, Jess's breakdown of this episode, All the Easter eggs, is coming out tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. Today, you're going to get my uh, Andor breakdown. And Ooh. you're going to love that because there's such a good show. Uh, also, tomorrow, Marvel's Werewolf by Night is coming, and I did. Oh
1: my God, you guys are in for a treat. It's gonna be so, it's so much fun.
0: I'm trying to move my hands in a way that people won't be able to use this in ways that are bad, you know, (laughs) just gonna, yeah add things <laughs> it's too late there's so plenty of plenty of ways you can do that to me <laughs> we'll go for archive footage but yeah werewolf by night i have an easter egg breakdown coming out to the channel and you're gonna love it you're gonna love this show and i found all kinds of cool stuff in there so subscribe to inside marvel wherever you get your podcast thank you all so much for watching and we'll see you next time bye-bye
1: hey Fox squad let's go